Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, hello, and welcome to episode number 168. Today is Thursday, February the 24th of 2022, and it's good to be back in the studio with Krista tonight, and I certainly miss when I'm not able to record with her, but I listened to the episode that she did yesterday, and it was a fantastic episode. really makes us think about some of those antibiotics that we need to be stocking up and get with our doctor and figure out a way to do that and have those for future references. We're going to talk about something today, and that is excuses for not prepping. And you know what I first thought about when when I did this? No, you're going to have to tell me. I'm going to have to tell you because... Believe it or not, I cannot you read cannot your mind. You cannot read my mind. I know, well, I know you think I can. Well, keep in mind that I cannot read your mind either. <laughs> And so when you hear what you hear I said, it's not what I said or not what I meant to say. I think there's several people listening right now that totally get just what you did there. Oh, yeah. What you heard is not what I meant to say. But what I thought about was back in the, gosh, it was the 80s, I think, the gospel singing group, the Kingsmen, Mm -hmm. came out with a song entitled Excuses. Oh, yeah. Excuses, excuses. Excuses. We hear them every day. Well, the devil, he'll provide them if from church you stay away. Mm. And I used to sing the bass part when I sang quartet, so (laughs) it was a lot of fun. Who's our sponsor tonight? Our sponsor tonight has been with us right from the very beginning. Fantastic to work with, and we love what they do. This is ProLine Digital Group. ProLine Digital Group will create your web presence. They certainly created ours, and we love it. And I'll tell you, they're so easy to work with, too. He can actually interpret and translate the types of things we're thinking and saying into the content. He can translate what we're thinking into what you see on our website. And he also can create apps. He's very good at creating apps for businesses, schools, organizations, churches, clubs, communities, groups, or individual people. For example, if you are a side gig person or if you've got a, a what called the gig economy type of a job, you might be self-employed, you might be a landscaper, you might be a dog walker, maybe you are a house sitter or a babysitter, and you would like to have some kind of website for your business and an app for your business for such use, ProLine Digital Group can help you out. They can work with you very, very closely, and you will be satisfied not only with what they create for you, but they're also very competitively priced. And I think that you'll be very, very pleased when you take your digital marketing needs and your website and app needs over to the ProLine Digital Group. Links will be in our website and in the show notes. Let's get to our episode and let's talk about some of the excuses that people use for not prepping. It was kind of hard to believe that there are people out there that will not prep or they just won't. For example. And it's even funnier, the reasons they won't. Yeah, like here's one. Here, I'm going to jump right in. People will think I am a crazy doomsday prepper. 
Doomsday Preppers, the TV program, presented a twisted view of preparedness. And one of the ways that they did that, all of the people that were involved in the prepping on that program were kind of broad-spectrum preppers. Yes, but didn't they edit the show? Well, they made them select one thing. Yeah, one aspect of One aspect of prepping. So you might see somebody that said, you know, I'm prepping or we are prepping for the invasion of the flying alien frogs. Mm, That seems a little crazy. A pandemic of some virus carried by mosquitoes. They narrowed it down. I've actually talked with one of the folks that had a part, not on camera, but had a part in the program. And that was one of the things that he explained is that those folks actually were pretty well balanced preppers, but they made it look like doomsday. But prepping on a practical level is becoming more mainstream. Folks thought we were crazy and we were planning for the end of the world, which is not the case. And then COVID. And then COVID. The year 2020 opened a lot of eyes and ears to the need for stocking up, getting prepared, having what you need, because our all of our lives changed in a on a non one day basis, really. Mm-hmm. They shut it all down. Those shutdowns and the shortages and people not being able to find toilet tissue was probably the greatest eye-opener for many, many people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember seeing friends of mine on Facebook that were saying, I'm down to my last roll. Does anybody know where I can get any toilet tissue? Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there going, (laughs) should have listened to me. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd be glad to help somebody out with a few rolls, but you know, I'll, let, I'll bet you a lot of those folks have a year's worth now. Wouldn't surprise me, but don't you know that even after the toilet tissue issue, <laughs> that's hard to say, got resolved, mm-hmm. we found that later on in the year of 2020 and coming into 2021 was when we kept now hearing the, the popular phrase, supply chain, supply chain, the supply chain is disrupted, the supply chain is down. And sure enough, it was. So we did see empty shelves in the grocery stores. We did see lack of workers. People were not working at that time. Not able to find meat in the grocery store. There were a lot of things that began to happen that folks begin to think that preparedness is not as crazy as they assumed that it was. And now, with the news of the baby formula shortage has come out, we told our girls about this about three weeks ago. Some of our intel gave us a bit of a heads up on this. We shared this with our girls. I think we shared that on the podcast as well. We have three in the family right now with little infant babies. With infant babies, Mm -hmm. and they're all three you know, none of them are yet on baby food even. Mm-hmm. So we let them know, and I let a few folks that have children or babies that I work with know, and they began to stock up. And then it hit the news, and with a 17% decrease in the supply, that's pretty substantial. Very substantial. And so now we've got folks trying to find baby formula. So if you've got a baby that's on formula, 
go tomorrow, go today, pause the podcast and go find some baby formula while you can. You can get back to us, Mm -hmm. but you need to go take care of your baby formula. And we won't think you're a crazy doomsday prepper for that. Mm -hmm. So that's excuse number one for people thinking that preppers are nuts. (laughs) All right, what's, what's excuse number two? Excuse number two, and I've heard this one from some people. They've actually said to me, well, I really don't see the need for stockpiling anything. Mm-hmm. And they'll say things like, I've never had to do that. Nothing has ever happened to me that I've needed to do that. And at worst case scenario in my life, if, if I'm without, I know the government will take care of me. Beep. Yeah, that's when that's my, what I wanted to say. Well, that's, yeah, that's when my eyes opened wide and my jaw hit the floor because I said, really? Yeah, point out a couple of things here. And that beep was voice. It, it was not actually beeping something out. But <laughs> anyway, to point out, it takes an average of 72 hours to complete a search and rescue operations after something like a major ter- tornado, after hurricanes. It, it just takes a while. Why do you think FEMA says have three days worth? Because they know that it's taken them that long to be able to get to the scene. Well, the FEMA numbers now, it takes FEMA average nine days to get in, set up, and operational. And so their advice is you need to take care of yourself. Yes, they're saying 72 hours, but that's moving towards seven days. And, you know, we, we think anything less than two weeks is... You're really taking a risk there. Mm -hmm. Now, look at New Orleans after Katrina. And this was folks that didn't see a need. And many of them sat there waiting for help that did not arrive. Mm -hmm. That's true. Some of them finally waited out. But back up with part of the problem with folks expecting the government to take care of them, the mayor of New Orleans turned down an offer of school buses to transport the folks out of there across the bridges to where they would not be in floodwaters, and he turned it down. He wanted charter buses. Which were not available in the same numbers, and those charter buses never did come. So those folks got flooded in, so they didn't see a need. They expected the government to take care of them, but they wound up having to wade out most of them. And so it was really a big problem. Some of those folks would have been a lot better served if they had done a little bit of prepping. Okay, here's excuse number three. Prepping is too expensive. I don't have all this extra money, and I cannot afford to prep. You know, it's really about priorities more than it is about affordability. Yeah, this might be the same people who, in the same breath, just prior to this conversation mentioned about the thousands and thousands of dollars that they spent on an amusement park trip, mm-hmm. but they de- they can't afford to prep for, you know, weeks or months, but they can take one trip and drop you, 4K. They need to go <laughs> back and listen to, I think it was Tuesday's episode, might have been Monday's episode, on prepping on $5 per week. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You can find a lot of people that say they can't afford to do the necessary hard things, mm-hmm. but they can find the money to finance bigger houses, new cars, expensive trips, nice clothes, designer this, fancy that. And then what's left over is I can't afford to prep. I don't have the money to prep. And my question back to them is, well, how expensive do you think prepping is? 
And these are folks that smoke and drink, spend 10 to $15 a day on smoking and drinking, and they're wearing $1,000 tattoos. Yes, and so their their cry of poverty falls a little flat to me. Yeah, that tattoo is not going to do you a whole lot of good when you're sitting there starving to death. I would hate to think that they would have to learn a really hard lesson the really hard way, mm-hmm. and that to be maybe they do survive a very devastating hurricane, and they realize that that expensive house and that expensive car and those nice clothes have just washed out to the ocean. Well, I hope they survive it. I, I hope really they do. survive it because the lesson learned there is, you know, with some prepping and a mental attitude of preparedness, I could have avoided all of this. I could have survived. I I could have, you know, things, it's true, can be replaced. Mm-hmm. You can Things can be replaced, but you cannot replace your own life or the lives of your loved ones. Now, this next one. Uh, we live through this, but we did not use this excuse. This excuse is, is funny. You know, it says, I don't have enough room in my house or apartment for all the prepping storage that I think I'd have to have. So how did you solve that problem, Mark? I lived in a camper for 18 months. And, and when he says camper, we're not talking. It's a 32-foot older the, camper. Yeah, it was... It, was, it had no slides. It just it was, had a living room, it had kitchen, a, it had bathroom, bedroom. That was it. <laughs> but you I managed prepped. to prep. Exactly. How did you do it? I used every available space that I could. Ah. The cabinets up over the windows and such, I had things in there. Uh, one of the things, my bed, I had a platform bed in there that was built by my son-in-law and had a plywood top on it to raise it up about 20 inches and then mattress goes on top of that you raise the mattress up and you could raise up that was it hinged like a hinge it, it was hinged uh-huh. halfway back mm-hmm. it was hinged and you could put a lot of stuff under that bed you sure could and Absolutely. I, just, I improvised with some of the places that i did now The food that I had in there, I couldn't have lasted six months off the food that I had in there, but I could have lasted several weeks, if not more, and we prepped in an apartment when you and I first got married. Uh, We lived in an apartment in the city that I was working in, and here's how we did it. Share some of the things that you did to enable us to have the room in our apartment to be able to prep. Well, it was a small, moderately small apartment. It was actually considered a three-bedroom apartment, and it was the largest of of the floor plans that they offered. So we were very grateful to have that. So one of those bedrooms was our bedroom. The other of those bedrooms became storage, guest room, and then there was another one we devoted to more storage. And we had industrial shelving. And we we had had office mm -hmm. type things in there as well. So it it wasn't we had an entire bedroom Right. Prepping. Right. But we had some industrial shelving that was very sturdy, could hold a lot of heavy thing, case lots of, you know, f- cases of food can become heavy. You've got to well, be real can. careful. But we also had a, a pretty good sized pantry built off the kitchen, which was 
truly a luxury to me. I had never actually ever, ever had a separate pantry in my life. Every bit of food storage that I had ever had prior to that was in the kitchen cabinets proper, you know, where all the appliances were. So we used our kitchen cabinets to the best advantage. We had food in there. We did. We utilized space under the beds. You can put food, canned food or packaged food in those Tupperware snap top things that will slide under your bed. Now, one of the things that we did, we put our bed up on four inch risers, not as much for the prepping as much as it was for us to be able to get out of the bed. I mean, we're, we're both tall. We're very tall. And so it's just easier for us and our bed now is on risers and from now on will be on risers. <laughs> Because it's just getting a little bit harder to get out of bed and, mm-hmm. you know, we're not having to rise up as far. So we were able to put, I think you were able to put two layers of those things, the, those Tupperware Yeah, there's, um, I think Rubbermaid or Tupperware makes an underbed storage. It's Mm -hmm. a very long, flat-lidded type of plastic storage container. And yes, you can double stack them depending on how high up the bed is. You were able to do that under ours with the four-inch riser, so Mm -hmm. that was great. We can, we use top shelves in closets. We can use top shelves in the cabinets. We also, one time, used a dresser drawer. Oh, absolutely. You know, and there's probably more space in your living environment than you're giving yourself credit for. So for those of you that feel like you don't have enough storage space or areas in your small home or apartment, ask someone else maybe to help you look around and see if they're seeing some space that you're not even aware of. Try that. It works. And one of the things that we did that was real neat is we had a round table over in the corner and the TV sat on top of it. And there was a tablecloth that went all the way to the floor. And we were able to use that space under the table, covered by the cloth, for prepping. We did. So the next excuse that someone might give for not prepping is this. I don't know how to grow a garden, and I don't know how to can or preserve food. Good news is you don't have to. Right. We'd starve to death if we depended on my gardening skills. You know, full disclosure... I've never canned or preserved anything either. I have never done it. But I have been grateful for those who have, who have shared with us. And it is on the list of things that we plan to learn this coming year. But you can buy the things that you need. And that's where we suggest that you start. If you're a new prepper, if you've not been prepping, if you've been using this excuse, then go buy some canned goods. Absolutely. Buy what's already available It's convenient and affordable. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. If you want to start out raising some things, consider some container gardens. Yeah, that was a great tip from our friend Rhonda from last Mm -hmm. week for someone in the small group that said, I live in an apartment, I don't have anything that I can do. And she said, start a container garden. Yeah, on the patio. Exactly. Now, you can also use flower beds to grow things like herbs and smaller vegetables. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think you'd want to use your flower gardens to raise corn, but you can raise radishes, you can raise tomatoes, carrots, tomatoes yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. And I know you told me that you were planning to plant herbs in this one particular flower bed back here as we go out the back mm-hmm. this coming year. 
And then you can freeze these things if you need to. Yes, there's ways to blanch corn and certain vegetables that you can just prepare for the freezer bag or a freezer mm-hmm. container without necessarily going through all the canning and preserving in jars and so on. So there's ways to get it done. You just have to not give yourself the excuse that you don't know how. Yeah, or eat the fresh things that you grow and use that money to buy canned things to put into the pantry. Perfect. Next excuse that people give for not prepping is this. Prepping is too much time and effort. Is it? Well, it's not really. <laughs> not I mean, actually. It's kind of a lame excuse. You can take a half a day if you've got a little bit of funds there. You can take a half a day and get kind of prepped. Right. And we've said all along, you don't prep all in one day. It's no. an ongoing process. No, but you could take a half a day and you could go from zero to two weeks worth of food in one day. You could. You you could do that. And start with food and water. We've said that time and time and time again. Start with what you eat. Purchase what you eat and what you regularly eat and store it. And a couple of times a year, rotate the short dates. Mm-hmm. Yes, use your own prepper goods mm-hmm. for your everyday life. That's what I do. And I've... just rotate them. Exactly. Now, when you're looking at an equipment or a gear bag, this is not going to take an extremely long period of time to do. Probably got a lot of this around the house already. Gather up some flashlights and keep some spare batteries, matches, lighters, put a knife, duct tape, some cordage, maybe some emergency blankets and first aid and a some type of a container, backpack or whatever. And there's your gear bag. There's your car bag. There's your get home bag. You know, you might even be surprised how many things you could pull together in, say, 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got stuff all over the house, you know. Mm -hmm. You've got several different kinds of knives in different places. We've got tools. I mean, you're right. It's things all over the house. Right. Next excuse people give for not prepping is this. I just don't know how to get started. Well, you're in the right place. You're on the right podcast. Absolutely, because we have a Getting Started series every Tuesday. We do Tuesday. have a good Getting Started series, and that starts with you don't have any prepping done, and we're progressing very, very well. And it's never too late to get started. Mm. It's never too late. Never too late. And we also have Practical Prepping for Everyday People, one of the books that we wrote, and it's exactly that, Practical Prepping And it's for everyday people. It's for the folks that want to be prepared for the things that we know will happen at some time. Snowstorms up north. uh, Even Tennessee got it pretty good. Texas got it last year pretty good. Hey, guess what I had today? What did you have? I had a power outage. You had a power outage. And it was, our power was out for about 50 minutes, almost an hour. Hmm. I don't know why. But I didn't panic when everything turned off. I sat there. I went, huh, power just went out. I kept on doing what I was doing to get ready for my day. And I didn't worry about it because in my mind, I already started going through my power outage plan. I already had it in my mind. And I knew, and this was in the daytime, so I wasn't worried about darkness. But hey, guess what happened to me today? A little emergency, a power outage. Yeah, and what would have happened if that had been an extended period of time? There would have, we'd have jumped right into our power outage plan. Exactly. Generator such as that. Mm-hmm. So, 
Now, as we said a while ago, start with food and water. Did you know that 45% of Americans do not have three days' worth of food in the house? It may be a higher percentage than that. depends on how old these figures are. But I would imagine that a lot of times people under-reveal how under-prepared they are. Might be. Might be. But, you know, if you get one week, using those numbers, if you get one week of food and water, you're in the top 50% of people as far as preparedness. And if you get three weeks of food and water, you're probably in the top 25% of folks being prepared. Well, that's definitely the track you want to take. You Mm -hmm. want to become a prepared person. Right. Next excuse. Prepping is too overwhelming. Can be if you overthink it. Mm-hmm. But make a plan and work your plan. And it's very simple. Actually, there's three basic plans we would suggest for you. Number one is a... For starting out. For starting out is your threat or risk assessment, your food plan, and your emergency action plan. Threat assessment, risk assessment. That's where you figure out what's what weather issues and challenges are you facing. What is your... Uh, living experience? Are you rural? Are you suburban? Are you urban? Do you live in a high-rise? Do you live alone? Are you single? Figure out the challenges that are facing you personally and write down the things that you think possibly could happen. Okay, food plan, which of course includes water, and we flipped it. We think water comes first and then food, but you need both. If you're going to live through a stressful time, you got to eat, you got to drink. Food and water. Get that plan going. Your emergency action plan breaks down into where are you going to shelter from a severe storm? What are you going to do when the power goes out? And what will you do in a various kind of emergency? For example, bugging out from a train wreck chemical spill or bugging in from a pandemic. Uh, Who knows what could happen? That's what preparedness is so important. So rather than sit back and throw your hands in the air or shove your head into the sand and say it's too overwhelming, I can't think about it, just give yourself the time and the effort to just go through these three plans, work the plan and plan that work. All right, next excuse is I'll just run down to the big box store and get what I need. Right, because happens. they're open 24 hours a day, right? Mm-hmm. All the time. You know what? Walmart's not open 24 anymore. Did you know they changed that? Well, even if they are, those stores will likely be empty. Mm-hmm. And think of it this way, depending on where you live, are you the only one that's going to show up there? Probably not. You may find a mob horde up there by the time, if the real emergency is going on for supplies, you may be fighting a crowd. Do you want to do that? Yeah, just look at what the word snow does in the south when it comes to the TV forecast saying we may have some snow tomorrow. And I know you folks up north laugh at us, but an inch of snow shuts down the south. Hey, we all have our challenges. And so folks run to the store to buy milk and bread. And milk and bread sells out quickly. Well, it does. You know, it's in, in up, up where uh, hurricanes take place, pretty much all of the eastern seaboard, there can be a hurricane. 
Well, what happens? You can't find a generator. You can't find plywood. You can't even find nails and a hammer in some cases because all of these things are understocked now and they sell out quickly. What you're doing is you're putting yourself behind a great big eight ball. Yeah, and even like on hurricanes, it, it sells out before landfall. Of days before. And so if you wait till the need is there, you're in trouble. Yeah, what happens when there's a massive power outage? That can lead to looting and rioting. We've seen that on TV. Looting and rioting becomes a very dangerous situation. Yes. I mean, you can get hurt trying to go to get groceries. Now, we see what happens on Black Friday with cheap TVs on sale and the fights that get started for that. Mm-hmm. But what happens when these folks are trying to get food for their kids? Not just a, well, some of them may figure the TV is more important, but yeah. that, again, that's priorities. What are you going to do when you're facing a hundred frightened, starving people who are willing to do anything to mm-hmm. get something to eat or drink or protect themselves? So, it's, I'm not going to yeah. be there because we're prepped for that kind of thing. Well, here's something that's a little bit more realistic. What about the supply chain that is so broken? For example, the roads can be closed. They've actually closed interstates, mm-hmm. which is something I thought you could never do. But interstates have been closed. Private roads and street and state roads have been closed because of hazardous conditions. Mm-hmm. That can also lead to computer systems shutting down. You well, know. power outages can mm-hmm. lead to those computer systems. I know they have backup power at a lot of these places, but you can also have cyber attacks. Yes. And if you take that computer system down, see, the computers control the inventory and the delivery. From It can be a problem from damage at the distribution center or lack of power at the distribution center or even at the stores. See, if the computer system's down, unless you've got a very small mom-and-pop store that can write this stuff down and use cash, these big-box store, grocery store chains, they're not going to sell anything if their computer system's down. Yeah, so what we're saying here is the things that you have trustingly relied on that have always worked in the past, isn't there a chance it could break down? Yes, The answer to that question is yes. So you can't run to the big box store and get what you needed after the emergency hits. Here's the next excuse. Well, you know, I am so busy. I have such a busy life doing fill-in-the-blank, whatever it is you do. You might be a caregiver. You might be a college student. You might work from home. You might work a bit. Who knows? Prepping is redundant, so I get all of my food and meal delivery to my doorstep. So to that I say, let me refer you back to the supply chain and delivery issues when computers go down and food becomes shortaged. Your delivery to the front door may come to a screeching halt. Mm -hmm. And if you don't put anything in your refrigerator, freezer, or prepper pantry, and your meals aren't coming this week or tomorrow or whenever you get them, what's your plan? Right, and what happens if there's an extended ice storm? And people can't get out. What happens if there's civil disobedience or civil disturbances or riots in the area? Well, we've seen that take place in America. One of those areas was an occupation. I think they called it, what, CHOP or CHAZ? In, I think they used both of those terms in, in uh, large Seattle. cities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, in Portland. Mm-hmm. And so nothing was going through that. And they occupied a rather large area. And so your food delivery may not be coming through the 
places they had barricaded. And believe me when I say, we're not downing you using those types of services. I, I think that's great. Use them all you want to. What we're saying here is the possibility that it goes away, what's your plan? you got to ask yourself, what's your plan? Be prepared not to be able to use that. And here's one, this next excuse. We have heard this from a number of people who really believe this is how it's going to go. And here's what they say. Prepping? I don't need no stinking prepping. I'll just come to your house. You're a prepper. I'll come to your house. No, you won't. Or if you do, <laughs> you better bring large amounts of foods and skills. Right. And we're trying to help you understand that preppers are not selfish people by nature, but preppers are prepping for themselves and those for whom they are responsible. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I know that the saying is, you are your brother's keeper. There's a contextual meaning to that, but you also he- need to heed the wise wisdom words of being prepared because troubled times are a coming. Mm-hmm. And so that's just wise talk right there. And we prepare for us and for our families, and we don't prepare for those who refuse to prepare for themselves. You know, we do have a charitable heart. But we are not in the business of prepping for our entire community, all of our neighbors, or even our extended families, most of whom are many hundreds of miles away from us. We need to make this very clear. Prepping is not our idea, and it's not a new idea. It's been around a long time. So as far as I'm concerned, people of the world, consider yourselves warned about troubled times coming. If being prepared is not a priority for you or your family, your lack of planning doesn't constitute an emergency on my part. It's not a priority for us. You know, so many people think that we preppers were the wacko, crazy uncles and aunts that were just, you know, prepping for doomsday. And then when COVID hit and things got real, preppers were looked at in a whole new light. We're suddenly the wise and uh, valuable members of society that are spreading the word, not keeping this information to ourselves, and trying to help you. We really want to help you. If your idea is, I'll just come to your house, realize that most preppers are prepared to protect their families, protect their families against physical harm, and even protect their families against their supplies being taken. See, if you take a prepper's supplies, you've taken his family's food. You've taken his family's lifeline. Their way to survive. Right. And so, depending on the SHTF, the timeline might be unknown. Now, we can help you after a tornado. We can loan you a hammer, nails, ladder, things like that, give you a tarp, and even provide some food after a job loss. But if there's a total grid down situation and we're talking survival and making it and protection, we may not even have enough for ourselves. We don't know how long it might last. So we're not going to be able to support someone who refuses to prepare on their own. You know, there's a famous Aesop's fable called the ant and the grasshopper. And the grasshopper spent the entire summer singing and dancing and playing, and the ant worked very hard 
and put food away knowing that a harsh winter was coming. Well, once that winter weather set in, the grasshopper was freezing, and near dying of starvation, he begged that ant, please give me some of your food. But you know what the ant said? The ant said, no, I'm so sorry. You refused to work all summer when I reminded you to put food away. You spent the whole time singing and dancing and playing. So my advice to you right now, just keep on singing and dancing and playing. You know, that's kind of a harsh message. But it is a strong reminder that we are responsible for ourselves and for those who we have to look after. The ones especially that can't fend for themselves, the the babies and the elderly. So prepper person, get started. If you've never prepped before, today is a good day to begin. Just take baby steps and just get on with it and prep for yourself and your family. It's that important. If it wasn't important, we wouldn't do it. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you haven't done this already, go ahead and click the subscribe button so you'll never miss one of our episodes and share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. You can email us at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.